Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is located in Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement, blessing, and an inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us, or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. We are towards the tail end of our sermon series that we've been in the past couple of weeks called Sticky Family, Sticky Family. And um, I believe that this has been challenging our lives. And I believe today is going to be the same. It's going to continue challenging us, continue making us to be reflective on our family time and our family values. Amen. But this series is all about keeping, as it says there, keeping the family together. Because I think as, as, as parents and as a family unit, we want to be together. We, we, for the most part, I know sometimes we get tired of one another. We need our alone time. But for the most part, we want to we wanna make sure that there's unity, that, that we're together. And this is what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, and we've been learning. And today, um, we're going to read a Bible verse from John chapter 6, verse 27. And then we're going to read in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, where we read last week. But let's start with John chapter 6, verse 27. The Word of God says, But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Let's read that one more time. This is Jesus speaking, okay? Jesus says, don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. And if we jump to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, which we looked at last week, the Word of God says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things, on things where? Where? Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things what? Come on, church, are we awake? Where are we supposed to set our minds to? On things above, but not on earthly things. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for... Your word, we thank you, God, because you give us this opportunity to learn and to study and to, and to receive what you have for us. And I ask you, God, that you would speak into my life, that you would speak into the life of my brother and my sister. Lord, that you would do a work in, in me first, and that you would do a work in my family, that you would do a work in our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you give God some hand praise? Amen. You may be seated. So we started this series a couple weeks ago speaking from Colossians chapter 1 verse 17. And we're kind of working our way through Colossians. 
Um, and we spoke about how everything that exists was created in Jesus, it was created through Jesus, and it was created for Jesus, and that Jesus maintains everything together. And if Jesus, listen church, if Jesus can hold all things together, it is safe to say that Jesus can hold our families together. If Jesus can hold the world together, if Jesus can hold the universe together, if Jesus can hold the galaxies together and keep the planets rotating around their stars without them bumping into each other and, without, and allowing there to be life on this earth without us being too close to the sun to get burned up or too far from the sun to where it is freezing cold on this earth. No, God holds everything together. Let me tell you that if God can do that, he can hold your family together. And I don't know where you are today. Maybe there has been some difficulties in your family. Maybe there have been some challenges. Maybe there has been some strained relationships. But if you and I would take hold to what we spoke about in, the, in week one, about that if we want to build a strong family, Christ has to be at the center of the family. He has to be at the center. And, and when we put Christ in the center of our family, then what begins to happen is what we spoke about last week, is that we begin to develop sacred values for our family. We begin to develop sacred things that are important for us. Now the things that we used to do, we no longer do because now Christ is at the center of our families and now we have new values. Now we have things that are holy to us that we hold dear. And if Jesus, listen church, if Jesus is at the center and there are new things in our lives that are sacred, then those sacred things will be put into our calendars. Because if they're not put into our calendars, the busyness of life will push the sacred out. If it's not on our agenda, if it's not on our calendar, the busyness, the busy things will push it out. It will push it out. And why is this so important? It's important because when the busy, when the busy wins, we lose. Why? Because we lose the relationships that are important to us. The marriage that should be sacred no longer is sacred because the busy is pushing the marriage out the calendar. We, we begin to lose uh, that faith journey that we're on because now we're so busy and because we haven't established it in our agendas, we haven't put it in our calendar, it gets pushed off to the side. It gets pushed to the side. And let's read again one more time what Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 27. It was that first slide. Yeah, don't, he says, don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. See, what Jesus is saying here is that we should not chase after the perishable what is something that is perishable? 
Something that is perishable is something that will eventually be ruined or eventually be, be destroyed or will eventually cease to exist. How many of you guys ever bought like a, a head of lettuce or, or some kind of vegetable and you put it in your, in your crisper, in your, um, in, your, in, your, in your refrigerator and then a week goes by and you didn't use it, two weeks go by, three weeks go by, maybe a month goes by and you haven't used it and next time you open that crisper, that drawer in your refrigerator, what has happened to that head of lettuce? It's perished. It's ruined. And see, sometimes uh, Jesus mentioned food, but you got to understand that even the things that we chase after, such as material things, cars, homes, careers, all those things, with due time, they end. There comes that moment when you get tired of that car or that car breaks down and what happens? Now you're having to chase after a new car. There comes a moment when that you outgrow that house or even that house just starts breaking down left and right and it's time for you to get a new house and, and now you've, you've outgrown it and now it's time to move on. But why is it that we build our lives, listen church, we build our lives chasing after the things that we constantly have to be? Replacing. Instead of building our lives around what Jesus said, the eternal things, the things that will last beyond this lifetime, the things that will last beyond just a season, the things that when we're long gone, people will remember about us and who we are. Jesus says, these are the things that you should be chasing, the eternal thing. Not homes, not cars, not, not careers, not fame, not popularity, not beauty. Because eventually these things run out. Rather, we should seek in our lives. We, he says we should spend our energy. Because you know you spend energy chasing after the material. He says, why don't you use that energy and seek the eternal, which the Son of Man provides. The Son of Man is Jesus. Paul puts it this way. And see, when I read this last week, maybe you didn't see this, but he's offering you and I a different perspective in our lives. And we're going to read this one more time. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Since then... You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things where? Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things where? Not on earthly things. See, if you look closely, Paul is subtly giving you a hint as to where your perspective or your worldview should be found. See, Jesus came to this earth. He lived a life that you and I could never live. He was perfect. He was blameless in everything. He went to the cross and carried the penalty of sin that you and I should have carried, that you and I should have paid. And he died for our sins. He died for our shame. But the Bible says that on the third day that the that the stone was rolled away 
And Jesus rose from the dead. So now what? Set your heart on things above where Christ is. And where is he at? He's seated at the right hand of God. In other words, Jesus is still alive. In other words, there is life after death. Which is something that you and I sometimes forget. That there is an eternal aspect to our, to our lives. And what Paul is actually telling us here is that there is a time principle that you and I need to learn. He says, you got to follow me, church. He says, listen, listen, Jesus is not dead. He is alive. And there is life after death. And there's something called eternity. And for this reason, we need to set our minds on things where? On things above. So I'm going to give you four quick lessons. I think I'm going to be fairly quick today. But I'm going to give you four things that I think you and I should start working into our families and should start uh, living out in our lives. And the first thing I want to tell you is that your worldview determines how you view and use time. See, if you could see someone else's calendar... If you could see someone else's agenda, if you could look at it for the past 30 days, see exactly what they've done all day long, see exactly where they went, see exactly who they spoke to, see exactly uh, how they structured their, their day, you will begin to understand and you'll begin to see what is important in their lives. Because here's the truth, is that that. Our calendars, our agendas will always reflect our worldview. What is a worldview? How you see life. How the philosophy by which you live. So your calendar will always reflect your worldview. And your worldview will always give direction to your calendar. And if we can learn to view time from the perspective from which God views time... Which is to say, from an eternal perspective, our lives would be, our calendars would be so different. When we read the Bible, we see that Jesus was always being pushed. Jesus, we need you to come here. Jesus, there's this thing going on. But Jesus never allowed anyone to dictate his time. One time, some, some people came to give Jesus the news. Jesus, the one you love, Lazarus, he's on the verge of death. Come quickly. Then the next verse we read, he says that Jesus stayed where he was at another four days. Hmm. Jesus was, you read through the scriptures, you read through, through, through the gospels, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and you'll always see Jesus saying, I must be about my father's business. I am here to do my father's will. 
I know you want me to go here. I know you want me to visit this place. And I know you want me to do certain things. But that's not what I'm here for. I have an eternal mission. I have an eternal perspective. And I'm going to do what my father asked me to do. In other words, Jesus is saying, I, I manage my time here on earth, on the world below, based on the priorities of the world above. And see, this is incredibly instructive to us. If we could take this lesson that Jesus is giving and we could apply it in our lives, this becomes incredibly practical, incredibly, incredibly instructive. And, and he's basically telling us that how we use our time here on the world below should be based on the priorities of the world above. Come on, church. If you want to have a sticky family, one of the first things you have to decide on is what is important and that goes into your calendar. What is important and how you use your time. Because many of us, we allow ourselves to live in a backwards manner. We manage our time based on the world below and expecting somehow for us to arrive into the world above and be okay. And in fact, Jesus tells us that when we live this way, it will have been a waste of our lives. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells the story of the, of the rich fool. That there was this man that lived his life and he was all about filling up his barns. In modern times, he was all about filling up his bank account. I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to save, and I'm going to build and amass this fortune so that one day I can just sit around, I can eat, I can drink, and be merry. And Jesus tells this man and says, you fool, your soul is required of you tonight, and now what of your riches? Jesus says you can't take it with you. You're amassing all these things. You're chasing all these things that have no eternal weight. And there's two perspectives when it comes to our time. Because the world will tell you, listen church, the world will tell you that if you prioritize your time in serving God, the world says you're wasting your life. You're wasting your time. But whereas God tells you that if you prioritize your life seeking the things of the world below, you're wasting your life. And we have to choose what our worldview is. We have to choose where we find ourselves. Are we chasing after perishable things or are we chasing after God? This is why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, because we worry about our food, we worry about our drink, we worry about doing this, we worry about, he says, and all the things that you want, that you need, they'll come. But you got to seek me first. You got to seek me first. So that's the first thing. Your worldview determines how you view and how you use your time. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, 10. This is what we read last week as well. 
He says, do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with these practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. You don't have to live the way you used to live. That old self, you've removed it. And now you put on a new self. And because you have a new self, you have a new calendar. It's just the way it works. You're a new person, then your time is used differently. Jesus makes you a new creation. You don't chase after the same things you always chose after. Number two, if it's not in your calendar, it's not sacred. Listen, last week we talked about the things that should be sacred. I gave you three things. I don't know. It could be something else in your family, but it's got to be something that God establishes as a value. But if you say it's sacred, but you never put it in your calendar, it's not sacred. It's just words. If you're talking about family togetherness, if you're talking about putting God first, and you're talking about living a life that is authentic, and we never put it into our schedules, we never put it into our agendas, it is all talk. And it's not real. And in fact, as we keep reading in Colossians chapter 3, Paul is telling us that there are some things that you and I need to do in our lives, but guess what? It's going to take time. It's going to take time. So what does he say? Let's read it together in Colossians chapter 3. Go ahead and go to the next slide. In verses 16 he says, let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it, give it what? Give it plenty of room in your lives. What is this? The Bible. The word of God. So for this to happen, what do you need to do? You need to give it time. If the Bible is going to be important in your life, if the Bible is going to be important in your family, if it's going to be about you teaching your children the importance of this, of this book, if you're going to teach your children the sacredness of the word that is found in these pages, guess what? You have to give it plenty of room in your life, and if you're going to give it plenty of room, it's going to take time. Then he goes on to say, wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the husband. Husbands, listen husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Guess what? If you, marriage is going to be important in your family, if marriage is going to be important in, in, in your home, it's going to take It's going to take time. If you say, marriage is a sacred value in my family, you got to put it in your schedule. You got to put it in your time. Then he keeps going. Go ahead, sister. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master to no end. But parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. So if family and parenting is going to be important, guess what it's going to take? It's going to take some. It's going to take some time. 
Then Paul keeps going. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. And masters, treat your servants considerably. Be fair with them. In other words, if we're going to be about our careers and if we're going to own businesses and we have employees and and we're going to do what the word of God says and it's going to become a sacred value in our lives, it's going to take, it's going to take some time. And finally, (laughs) he says pray diligently. In another version, it says devote yourself. To prayer. And guess what? Prayer is going to take. Are you guys catching on? We have to put the things that are sacred in our lives. It has to make it into our schedule. It's got to make it into our calendars. Because if it never makes it in, then we can say all we want that we're all about marriage, that we're all about family, that we're all about Jesus. We're all about these good things that that we should be saying. But if it never makes it into our schedule, then it's not true in our lives. It's not sacred. It has to be. It has to be in our lives. It has to be in our calendar. So if it's not in your calendar, it's not sacred. Number three, you got to put sacred things in your calendar. When? I'm just making sure you guys are awake. You got to put sacred things in your calendar. First, back in the 80s, there was a book written by Stephen Covey where he spoke about about prioritizing and he spoke about the seven successful habits of uh, of the seven habits of successful people. And and he was all about time management and prioritizing. And he he used this illustration that, that really impacts our lives when we, when we see it firsthand, when we see what's happening. And he spoke about big rocks. He spoke about little rocks. And he spoke about the sand in our lives. And, and how important it is to make all these things fit into our, into our schedules, into our lives. And, and, and he used this illustration of, a, 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 of time and rocks. And I'm going to show it to you. It's in the video. There's no sound on the video. So I'm going to kind of walk you through this video, but go ahead, Sister Audrey. So you see the jar, and it's, the jar represents time, okay? And, and, and these three buckets that he has on the side, the sand, this represents the things that we choose to fill our time as he's doing so. These can be the little things, because sand is little, It can be the smallest things. It can be the the pings from your social media. It can be your email. Things that you don't necessarily need to do, but you fill your time with it. And then he talked about the little rocks. That there are little rocks in our lives that we start putting into our time. And and this is the order that we normally go through. We we start with the little things and then we work ourselves to the little rocks. And then we get to the big rocks. These are the important things. 
And because we leave the little rocks to the end, what begins to happen in our lives is that as our time is filling up and our time is running out, we find that there's no room for everything to fit into our time. But Covey says there's a different way to do it. Start with the big rocks. Prioritize your life in a way where those things that are sacred, those things that are important, those things that are holy in your life, you start with that. You fill your time with that first. That's what we do first. That's what we chase after first. And once you've taken care of that, and once you put that into your calendar, into your time, then you have some room left for the, for, for the little rocks. I don't know what your little rocks are. I don't know, it could, be, it could be anything, it could be, uh, you choose what's important. You choose what are little things, but you begin to add the little rocks. And then, once you've added the little rocks into your time, you grab the sand. And now this is your social media, this is your friends, this is the things that, that you don't necessarily need to do, but you do. But guess what? Because you started with the sacred first. Now you have room to add everything. You begin to realize that because you've taken care of what's important first, you have plenty of time to do the things that is being asked of you. This is why, amen, this is, this is why Ecclesiastes says there is a time under the sun for everything. There's a time to cry. There's a time to be happy. There's a time to laugh. There's a time for whatever it is that you need. But you got to have the order correct. You have to put the sacred things into your calendar first. And when we put the sacred things in our lives first, we find that everything else will fit. But more importantly, not that everything, not, it's great that everything fit, but more importantly, guess what? The big rocks were already there. The sacred was already there. The important was already there. The last thing today. Told you I was going to be quick. I think I'm, I think I'm going pretty fast. Number four, you got to create a closed for business sign for your family. You know, Chick-fil-A, have you heard of Chick-fil-A? Okay. Chick-fil-A is a business that's doing pretty well for itself. But back when Kathy Truett started Chick-fil-A, after, uh, I'm not sure how long it was, but I think it was a year or two years that they were open. He decided that, you know what? I'm working myself to death. My employees are working themselves to death. He made the decision that even though, even though they were a, a service company, they were a company that provided a service that was required seven days a week. He said, you know what? I, we can't do this. We have to close one day a week. And he decided, you know what, let's close on Sundays. That way people can choose 
to be with their families and they can worship if they choose to do so. And he did this and many years later, his business is still doing okay and they're not missing anything. They're not going under and they're considered one of the best uh, companies to work for and one of the best companies that, that exists in this moment and this time and, and they're doing okay. And I believe that many of us have to do the same things in our family's life. We have to create a closed for business sign for our families. Now, please understand, I don't stand up here pretending that my family and I, we have it all together. We don't. We struggle with some things. We, 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 we have places and areas in our lives where we could do better. But I do know that there are some things that we have done that, that have worked in our family. And there's some things that we're doing that sometimes we, we hit the mark and sometimes we miss the mark completely. But we're trying. We're, we're, we're trying to get to that point where our family is a sticky family to the moment where when, when our, our children start leaving the house, that there will be a desire to return home. There will be a desire for, for the family to be together, for the family to not just disappear. And now it's just my wife and I, which I, I, I love my wife and we always want to be together, right? Right, wife? Yes. So we always want to be together. But we don't want to be the family where our children never visit us, where our children uh, don't look at, don't, are, are not aware of what's going on in our lives or we're not aware of what's going on in their lives because they no longer live. We want to remain, even after they're married, we want to be a sticky family. And one of the things that we've decided in our families that we've done over the years is we've created this, I, I've never put it in this, in, this, in this manner that it's a closed for business sign or a closed sign, but this is what it is. One of the things that we've done, and I'm going to give you three things. I'm not, I can't give you everything we do, but uh, I'll give you three qu things quickly. We, we decided that when quitting time is here, quitting time is here. And this happened because during a very particular busy season in my life, we were going back and forth. I was working and I was always stuck in traffic and I was always doing other things that was being asked of me. And one day my wife tells me, I just want you to know that the kids don't expect you home anymore. They don't ask for you. If you get here, great. If you don't get here, they already expect that you're not going to be here. Wow. And it was in that moment that my wife and I, we decided that some things have to change in our lives because we can't continue living this way. Why? Because everything is always going to be busy. And if we don't set limits and boundaries, any, anyone is always, if you don't set your time, someone else is going to set your time for you. And we decided to be more intentional about when I arrived home to make sure that I was home at a certain time and about saying no to some jobs that were being asked of me, to say no to certain things that people were asking of me. It was time for me to build my family. And I think some of us here, we have to decide when quitting time is, that when we get home, we are home. Praise the Lord, someone. 
That when we are home, we're not just home and, and our body is there, but our mind isn't there because we're still working, because we're still doing things for other people, and we're not building our family. Quitting time is quitting time. That's one of the things we decided to do. It hit me. My kids don't ask for me anymore. They don't expect me to be home anymore. Hmm. Something is wrong. Something's wrong. The second thing is my wife and I, we've been blessed, I think, with some amazing children. If I gave you the microphone, you would come up here and you would brag about your children too. We all have amazing children. And but we've been blessed with our children. They, they, they love church. They love God and they love what they do for the church. And I've had several people that ask me, brother, so what did you do? How did you get your family to be uh, involved the way they are? What, what have you done? And I, I don't know if I've particularly done anything. I think maybe it's just God blessed us with some great children. And, but uh, maybe it's some of the things that we've done. But one of the things that I do know that we always did, and we always, I would always point back to this, is that we prioritized Sundays. Sunday was not about anything else but God. From the moment we woke up to the moment that we arrived home, it was all about God. We said Sunday is God's day. Yeah, there's some errands we can be running. There are some things that we need to do. There are some things that we didn't finish yesterday because we worked or because we did this. But no, no, no. Sunday belongs to God. Which in fact, to be honest with you, this is one of the Ten Commandments. This is what Jesus, this is what God commands. The Sabbath should be holy. Because that is the day that God rested. And if God needed to rest, we need to rest. Unless you think you're above God. But we prioritize Sundays. Sunday was not about Football, even though we like football. My life did not revolve around football. And yeah, there were times that there was a big game and we wish. And when I was younger, we would sit at church when the Cowboys, when the Cowboys used to go to the Super Bowl. We would, we would sit at church at 5 o'clock listening, trying to figure out who's winning. But as I grew up and I matured and I realized that what was important, we began to realize, you know what? If they win, great. If they win, I don't get nothing if they win. I don't get a paycheck. I don't get a bonus. But we made sure that we prioritized Sundays in our lives. And above prioritizing Sundays because church, listen church, no, let me break this to you. No church is perfect. And I'm biased. I love City Church, but City Church isn't perfect. Do you know why church... Why the church isn't perfect? Because we're all here. We're imperfect people. The church is made up by imperfect pe people. The church is led by an imperfect pastor. And the church is directed by imperfect leaders. And the church is composed of imperfect members. But we're all striving to be more like Christ every day. But one of the things we decided to do is that we prioritize Sundays. And when we were home, we never spoke ill about our church. 
And that developed a, a sense of, you know what, church is important. It's like the joke one day, right? Um, I'm going to try to tell a joke here. The family leaves church, and as they're going home, the dad is complaining about how the pastor was, the sermon wasn't very good, and the music was awful, and that everything just was bad, and that uh, he, he doesn't understand what, why things don't get better at the church. And he's just complaining, complaining about the church, when all of a sudden the, the young man, his son in the back, speaks up and says, Dad, for the $1 that you gave for offering, I think you got a pretty good service. Thank you. Church, you don't understand. Parents, you don't understand the power that your words have and how our kids are sponges. What you prioritize, they will prioritize. What you say, they repeat. And the third thing we do. So we quit when it's time to quit. We prioritize Sunday. Sunday was all about God and church and our extended family as far as church goes. The third thing that we do, and we still sometimes we struggle with this, is that these amazing devices we have in our hands. We made a decision that no phones are allowed at our tables. When we sit down together as a family to eat, no phones. We've gone as far as we go out to eat and all five of us, we leave all of our phones in the cars, in the car. I know some of us, we start shaking when we leave our phones too far behind. What if I miss an important notification from my social media? What if, what if there's an emergency? But this is what happened. Now, like I said, we still struggle with this. It doesn't, it's not perfect all the time. But this is what's happening. That when we do this, what we're telling our family and what I'm telling my wife and what my wife is telling me and what my children are hearing from me and what my children are seeing from us and what we're seeing from our children is that when we are all sitting together, the five of us at the table, the most important people in our lives are already there. And we love you guys. But in that moment, it's us five. We want to be a sticky family. We want to be a family that sticks together through the rough, through the tough, through the good, through the bad. We got to develop some sacred habits. And we got to give the time that our family needs. We gotta put it in our schedules. I'm gonna ask you to stand today. I don't know where you struggle. I don't know where your difficulty is. But I'm going to ask you today that we would come to this altar 
And we would make a commitment with God and make a commitment to ourselves. Because this starts with us. This starts here. This starts with our worldview, how we see the world. That we make a commitment to God and to ourselves. That the big rocks of our lives, our family, God, our church, being authentic, being together, putting God first. Those are the things that we're going to work on first in our lives. That's going to go into our time first. Whatever stage of life you're in, whether you're married, whether you're in a dating relationship, whether you're single, whatever, wherever you find yourself, whether you're a young person, these are things that you need to start establishing yesterday. It's important. I'm not going to do an altar call today. I'm just going to have you stay where you are. We're going to close our eyes where you are. And we're going to pray, God, give us this commitment. So if you can close your eyes and if you can raise your hands. And just tell God today. Lord, we got to ask him for forgiveness because we have at times let just time fly by. Make that commitment. Say, God, forgive me for wasting time. Lord, we come before your presence at this moment. Lord, we come before your throne at this moment. And first of all, first of all, we ask you, God, that you would forgive us. Lord, forgive us if we have been, if we haven't been diligent with our time. Forgive us if we've wasted some of the time you've given us. Because time is a resource that we'll never get back. And we ask you, God, that you would forgive. Forgive us. And today, God, we come before your presence. We come before your throne. And we want to make a commitment before you and we want to make a commitment to ourselves and we want to make a commitment to our families that we will put the sacred things into our calendars because when we put the sacred into our calendars then we allow for room for the other things that need to come in Lord, whatever it looks like for each family, I don't know what, what each family needs. I know what my family needs. And I ask you, God, that you would speak into our hearts in this moment, that you would speak into our lives, and that you would convict us, that you would, that you would move our hearts, God, to understand where we felt. But it's not too late. That's why we're here today. Because you are a God of opportunity. And you are a God that is always just on time. And we believe, God, that if we are here and we're receiving this message, that you have still, you have purpose for our lives. And that you still have something for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can someone say amen?